If you have your Bibles, and I hope you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We're in the season of Advent. And the word Advent means coming or arrival. And this season is a time of expectation, of awaiting, of anticipation, of longing. And Advent is also a time to prepare our hearts to help us place our focus on a far greater story than our own, the story of God's redeeming love for our world. For the next few weeks, I wanted us to look at just a few of the very precious gifts we receive because of the birth of Christ. We know that believing in Jesus brings eternal life if we repent of our sins and uh, follow Him. And we were given salvation, forgiveness, redemption, sanctification, so many other big words. The truth of the matter is, he came to save us from ourselves, from our sins, to give us uh, eternal life that we can never get any other way. But I want us to look at other gifts that help us to live in our world today as we, as we face each trial and temptation we face every day. He gives us hope and peace and joy and love. Today we're going to look at Simeon and his hope. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 2, and we'll read starting in verse 25. The Bible says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And, he, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took him up in, in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us, thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to the light in the Gentiles and the glory of his people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we thank you, Father, for this day. Father, we thank you for this time of year. It's so special to us, Father. Knowing the time that uh, God became man and dwelt among us. 
to take that burden of sin off of us, Father, that we could not lose and we could not work our way through. You just take it and give us the free gift of salvation. And Father, that's the hope, the eternal hope that we have in Jesus Christ, that he's our Savior, that he's going to prepare a place for us, that he'll come back and gather up his church. And Father, Father we long for that day. Now, Father, uh, bless our time together as we get into your word. Help us to see the hope that passes all understanding, the hope that the world can understand, the hope in Christ. For we love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this may seem strange, uh, a strange place to start. Jesus is already born to Mary and Joseph, and they're bringing him to Jerusalem, to the temple, to present Jesus to the Lord. So his birth has already happened. In Luke chapter 2, starting verse 21, we see that uh, and when eight days were accomplished and uh, for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, which uh, was so of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem and presented him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, Every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer sacrifice according uh, to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. So, we see that this is about 40 days after Jesus was born. Mary had to go through this process of purification, and Jesus had been circumcised. Now it was time to go and present him to the Lord. Even though Jesus was created, Jesus had created this world, even though he is the creator, he came here to live as a man. His parents followed the requirements of the Old Testament law, and he was circumcised. And we see here, in this little small section here, where they presented to the Lord a sacrifice of turtle doves or two young pigeons, it shows that they were poor people. Jesus didn't come to a king or to a palace. We know where he was born in a stable, and we know that he came to poor parents, and they were offering the least they could, the only thing they could afford. Jesus, the hope of the world, came through humble beginnings. We must realize that we are never above God's calling to obedience. You know, they were selected to be the parents of God, married to give birth, Joseph to be uh, the father for the Lord on earth. But they were still obedient to the Old Testament law. It was in the temple that they met Simeon. And Simeon was a good keeper of the promise by watching and waiting for the Messiah with great hope and expectation. He allowed the Holy Spirit to guide and control his steps so that the promise could be fulfilled. We can learn much from his example as we wait and hope on the promises of God. We can have real hope, like Romans fifteen thirteen tells us. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost living inside of us. It's the Holy Ghost dwelling in us that gives us the ability to have that hope that we have in the promises of God. The hope that he will do exactly what the Word of God says he will do. Real godly hope in our world is often, that often seems so hopeless. So what do we need to have real hope? 
Well, first, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 25 again. It said, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel and for the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. We don't know a lot about Simeon. We don't know his past. We don't know his par- parents. We really don't know how old he was here. The Bible doesn't tell us. But it does tell us that he was just. That means he was upright and righteous. It tells us he was devout, which means that his actions matched his faith. And his words uh, were spiritual. The Holy Ghost was upon him. And he waited for the consolation of Israel. He waited for the coming of the Messiah. You know, the Bible tells us to be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 And be ye not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. It's interesting that the Bible compares those two, right? Because if you get filled with wine, if you become drunk, you think mostly about yourself, you focus on yourself. But if you become filled with the Spirit of God, you, you focus mostly on God. And that's what He wants us to be, focused on Him. It also shows you, uh, where you have your hope. So hope in Christ means that you live righteously, to expect the power of the Holy Spirit to work in you. Simeon was righteous. This is his behavior in the sight of God, and his behavior when, God, when other people weren't looking. He wasn't phony. He didn't uh, do good deeds in the sight of people. He obeyed God even when people weren't looking. It says Simeon was devout. He was reverent. It means that Simeon was, wasn't careless about his spiritual life. These characteristics reflect a lifetime of spiritual growth. No one accidentally becomes righteous and devout. Simeon, being filled with the Holy Spirit, grew in his walk with the Lord. <coughs> Let me ask you, how's your walk today? In our, uh, in our uh, Wednesday night Bible study, we talked about that. Can you honestly look at yourself and say, I'm better today than I was yesterday? Or I'm better this week than I was last week. Or I'm I'm better this year than I was last year. The Bible says you better because your spiritual walk is growth. You're you're constantly growing. You're constantly becoming more and more and more like Christ. You're to grow and to be better each and every day as you give give the Holy Spirit the ability to guide and direct you and to move you where He wants you to go. Are you growing day by day? Or have you reached to a certain level and just stopped? It's not biblical. The Bible says keep going. Don't stop. We must continue to grow spiritually as long as we're here. Galatians 5, uh, 16 and 17 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another that ye cannot do the things that you would. It's a battle. We're fighting against the desire of the flesh and desire that God has for us. Simeon lived in a time when the Jewish leaders were deeply political and were not very spiritual. Israel hadn't had a prophet for 400 years. They were under the control of the Roman Empire. It would have been easy for Simeon to lose hope, to wonder, where are all the great promises that God has for his people? Why hasn't God done anything? But he remained righteous and devout. Why? Because he had hope 
that God was going to fulfill the promise he left him, that he would not die until he saw the Savior. He lived in hope, knowing that he would see the Messiah. Jesus Christ is God's great gift of hope to all of us as we hope in the Lord, as we hope that he will return for us. Not that whether he will or not, but we hope knowing that God will fulfill everything that he said. Second, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. But we also must um, allow him to guide us. Look at verses 26 and 27. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents uh, brought the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. God's hope is not uh, hoping something will happen, like I've said before. It is knowing that it will and hoping that today is the day. And I get up every morning and say, Lord, I hope today's the day you return. Lord, I hope today's the day you split that sky wide open and call for your church. Today's the day I'm expecting it. Simeon didn't hope that the Holy Spirit revealed to him uh, would come true. He, every day he went to that temple. Every day he went expecting God's uh, Messiah to be there. Every day he was looking for the child. Every single day he went. And each day he didn't get discouraged. He said, praise God it wasn't today. Praise God it'll be tomorrow. Every single day he went, expecting to see the Messiah. He didn't know when it was going to happen, but he had faith to definitely know it would come to pass. Isaiah 41 and 2 says, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith the Lord. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her uh, warfare is accomplished, and that her iniquity is pardoned, and she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. He was looking for this promise. He was looking for the comfort to come, for the hope of Israel to come, that their warfare would be over. There would be no more Roman Empire controlling them. There would be no more sin, no more iniquity. It would all be pardoned because God was going to send His Savior. He was looking for the comfort for His people and the removal of sin. He had probably been looking most of his life, every day, going to the temple, expecting Christ. How long should we wait until the Holy Spirit leads you to where you will receive the promise? Let the Holy Spirit be your guide. In John 14, 26, it says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Jesus told him. He said, he's going to send a comfort. And he's going to remind you of everything that I said. And he's going to remind you of the promises I give you so that you know what I have said to you. We are to allow the Holy Spirit full control of our life to guide our steps and to fill us with God's hope. Do you live expecting God's promises to be fulfilled? Do you expect God to answer your prayers? Do you expect the Lord to return soon? Maybe you think it's been over 2,000 years. Maybe it'll be 2,000 more years before he comes. But people who are looking every day for the Lord's return are better for living every day in hope than to think it'll be a long ways off. 
Luke 18, 8 says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Wouldn't it be sad if Jesus comes back and he doesn't find anybody looking for him? He doesn't find his church looking, longing, knowing that today could be the day. Where's our hope? Are we letting it guide us to where we need to be? Ask yourself this. If God were to remove the Holy Spirit from you right now, would you even notice the difference? To walk in the Spirit means you depend on Him for everything. The Holy Spirit is not your guide through hard times. He is your guide and hope in every day, in every step, in everything you go through. Everything, every blessing, He's to guide you through that. We need His power to keep us on the path, to keep us in the right attitude in trials, to keep us in the right gratitude and blessings, to have wisdom in difficult situations, and to live in godly hope. Finally, if we do this, we can also be used by the Holy Spirit. Look at verses uh, 28 to 32. Then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let thou servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, (coughs) a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. I want you to understand that Simeon didn't see Jesus dying on the cross for the sins of the world. Simeon didn't see the resurrection that gave us the promise of eternal life. Simeon just got to see the baby Jesus. And that was enough. What does it take for us to believe? What does it take for us to have faith and understanding? His hope in God was complete by his faith and by the Holy Spirit. He didn't have to see what Jesus was about to do. He had already been revealed to him. He knew what was going to happen. He trusted that. He had hope that that was going to happen. Why? Because it was showed to him by God. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That's the promise he had. He saw the baby Emmanuel. And this is the promise he wanted to see. The light had come to a dark world, a light to show everyone the way to heaven, both Jew and Gentile. John 1.9 says, That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. I love that. It lights every man that comes into the world. Every child's born now. Every child's born has that hope in his heart. He may not understand it. He may grow up and move far away from God as he can, but God has put that hope in him. He's put that light in him so he can see that there is a Savior. There is someone that loves him and cares for him, who died for him, who will give him eternal life. It's there. It's just blocked out by this world and by the lies of Satan and by the veil he puts over people's eyes. But he puts it in people's heart. The light is there for them to understand and know who God is and who Jesus is. It's up to the church to point people to that light. Say, listen, there is a Savior that you need. 
one who died for you and took your sins. And if you believe in Him and turn away from your sins and follow Him, you can have eternal life. Simeon saw the light and God used him to declare the Messiah had come. He was used because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was guided by the Holy Spirit. He was under the power of the Holy Spirit. And church, we're never going to be used by God unless we understand that we're the same way. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can be under the power of the Holy Spirit. We can let the Holy Spirit guide and direct us. And we can see people come to know Christ. Hope in Christ is a marvelous thing. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord is. What's your hope today? I pray it's the Lord. I look at 33 through 35. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Mary and Joseph were, aware of the, were unaware of the things that Simeon had said about Jesus, but they were amazed that he knew these things. He told them the Lord Jesus will come because of division among the people. They will either be for him or against him. It's true today. We understand that. The Bible says the world will hate you because they hated him. There's a separation between the church and the rest of the world, those who believe in Christ and those who don't. Some people refuse to accept. <coughs> These people have no hope of salvation if they don't change. In our Sunday school class, we're in Revelation chapter 9. And... and, and a demon uh, swarm of locusts tormented the people for five months. And then he unleashed an army who went and killed one-third of all the people in the world. And then guess what happened? They refused to repent. God warned them for five months. He showed them. He put them in torment. He's trying to show them there's a better way. You don't have to do this. And then he killed one-third of them, and they still wouldn't repent. And we see that today, don't we? Every day you see people's hearts getting more and more hard and hard because they don't want to see that they need to change, that they need to accept Christ, that they need to live for Him instead of living for self. Simeon tells Mary that she will feel the pain of His death, and she did. She was there when He got crucified. She was there when they ran the spear through Him. It's like running through her own soul. Simeon is a good example of how we should live. Filled with the Holy Spirit, guided by the Holy Spirit, and then used by the Holy Spirit to proclaim Jesus' hope to the world. To live in hope that God will fulfill all His promises. Every head bow, every eye closed. Where are you at today in your walk with the Lord? Where are you in your relationship to the Holy Spirit of God. You know, the Bible tells us that we're sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. He won't leave. Once you're sealed, He's there, and you belong to God. Nothing can change that. 
But church, I think God's telling us something. He's wanting us to understand. He says, it's not enough that I sealed you. Don't you understand? I want to fill you with my Holy Spirit. I want to fill you so that your steps are marked and you know where to go. So that you, I can lead you where I need you to be. I want to fill you with my Spirit to give you the power and the boldness to proclaim my Son to a lost and dying world. I want to fill you so that I can use you to be that witness that tells people about Christ and sees lives changed. This is a wonderful time of year to invite people to church to, to under, get people to understand why they're celebrating Christmas for. It's not Santa Claus. It's not the tree. It's not the lights. It's not the parades. It's not the movies. It's not the hot chocolate. All those things are wonderful. And are wonderful family things you can do. But the true meaning of Advent this season, this Christmas, is that God became man. I think it's a wonderful thing that we can't look to God and say, God, you don't know what I'm going through. God, you don't know what I face on a daily basis. We can't say that because God says, I know. I walked in your shoes. I walked that earth. I've, I've been tempted and tried like no one else has ever been tempted and tried. I know what you go through. That's why the Bible says He's up there right now making intercession for us. Why? Because He knows He needs to pray for us. Because we're stubborn, stiff-necked people. We want to go our own way, do our own thing. God says, I have such a better way for you. I give you all hope. If you just follow me and allow my Holy Spirit to fill you. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning, Father, just to uh, praise you, praise your holy name. Father, we're so blessed to be called children of God. We're not servants. You're not our master. You're our loving Heavenly Father. Since your son to die for us so that we can be adopted into your family as brothers and sisters of Christ. And Father, because of this, Father, we have all the hope in the world. Hope that your promises will be fulfilled. Hope that you've gone to a fair place for us. Hope that you'll come back for us. How wonderful is it, Father, to know that Lamanda's family doesn't have to sit and wonder and hope that she made it to heaven. They have that blessed eternal hope of knowing that you are faithful never to leave us nor forsake us. That to be absent with the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And they have that hope of knowing that she is in your arms today. How wonderful is that? What great comfort that is. The Lord, help us to understand that every day we walk this earth, we're in your care. We're under your power. We're under your mission. We can only do the things that you call us to do if we submit and live filled with the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you and praise you. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together and sing our final hymn of praise.